Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Get ready, you guys, because this powerhouse is full of energy and advice all about the future of sound in marketing. Take a listen to Aimee Lapek. She is the chief marketing officer at Pandora, and she has incredible advice about bringing new energy into a team and also looking towards the future of sound in marketing. Take a listen. Welcome, Aimee, to the show. Thank you, Carrie. I'm really excited to be on the show. I'm so happy to have you on. I am a huge fan of Pandora and a huge fan of you. So I can't wait for you to share your story with some of our listeners. As you may know, I like to break people's career stories down into moments. I think that there are the moments in your career where you know that something big is happening and you know that it's going to cause a shift. So I would start by asking you, what moments in your career do you feel really defined it? Thank you for asking me that question. You know, I would say the first moment that comes to mind actually is around Pandora. Joining Pandora at such a pivotal time for the company, really charged with driving incremental subscription revenue, turning around listener losses, changing the brand relevant Mm. metric in terms of like how people think about Pandora. Are we in the game or not? And then honestly, just from a personal perspective, I came in when the marketing team was really decimated. And so it was a tough moment to join, but it was an awesome moment to join because we were able to drive subscription revenue over 50% over the course of the year. We were able to drive brand relevance up to 94% from 57% just 12 months earlier. And the team, I got to build this amazing rockstar team that I'm super proud of that continues to outperform and drive really high marketing ROIs, launch incredible brand campaigns. And they're just, they're incredible. And I feel really lucky to be able to work here and with them. So how do you, when you come in, where when you're thinking about this and you're coming into a team, you have to rebuild and you're looking at a team that was decimated. How do you come in and set a tone at a real, like striving for excellence at a time after probably, I would assume when, after a big change like that, morale can be lower. How do you build that up and get everyone focused on winning? I think it is really about three different things. The first is you've got to come in with an open mind. So the very first thing I did, and I tried to do it as long as possible, I tried to listen for a month to different people across the organization, either on the marketing team or partners with the marketing team or the new CEO or even the board members about like what they thought would help the company become much more relevant and really turn around the business. And many of those ideas were from junior members of the marketing team who had never really had a voice. Mm-hmm. So I think it really is about connecting and listening. The second thing is, Quickly, you know, try quickly while listening, you need to set clear objectives because everyone wants to know, well, how can I be successful? Especially any anybody that's high potential or truly is a real rock star, they want to know what are my key objectives so that I can basically blaze through them and do better. You bet. And so setting clear objectives is really critical. I did that within a month of of joining the team. And then thirdly, I, I went to bat for new initiatives that I thought were going to make a difference. So, for example, we didn't truly have performance marketing, even though we are, Pandora is a phenomenal platform for performance marketing. And I had actually bought performance marketing on Pandora when I was at The Gap, and it was super high returns. As a marketing team, there hadn't been a big investment in performance media. And so 
we rebuilt that team, the infrastructure, the tracking capabilities alongside our product and engineering counterparts, and it made a material difference in being able to prove the value of marketing really quickly into my tenure. I so love kind of three that. Things that I thought was important. Yeah, I think Thank you. looking at OKR's objective key results was huge for me as a leader, too, was that when I realized that everyone in the organization was not aware of very specific things of, am I doing my job well? And they couldn't clearly identify what the objectives were. I knew that that was a very important turning point for the company. So it's so interesting that you say that. I think people perform so much better when they know the direction that they're headed, for sure. I, well, I know it works for me. Yep. Tell me, tell me, me what too, well girl. we'll run through, and I'll run through it. <laughs> That's exactly. it. That's it. Okay, next moment in your career. So honestly, I've got a couple others that I want to share with you. The first time I became the head of marketing and I also held P&L responsibility with my first general management role was a critical time for me. So I, at the time I was at Gap and I ran the international outlet business, which was about a half a billion dollar business while running marketing globally for about wow. a $2 billion business. Wow. Phenomenal experience of owning the P&L for the international business. It was able to double our business in Japan, open China for the first time. We were profitable within two quarters. And really having that opportunity to work with folks outside of marketing who are experts in their field and learn from them and manage them towards a kind of a higher business goal was really fun and rewarding. And it kind of whet my appetite for being a general manager and eventually hopefully being a CEO one day. Yeah, sometimes it really it takes something that you wouldn't even realize would spark something within you. It's something you couldn't have envisioned what you would have wanted for yourself until you get a taste of it or an experience in a certain area. And it really just lights a fire within. I think that's absolutely true. And then the first kind of pivotal moment that I can remember is when I was first promoted to lead a marketing team. So right right around the time I turned 30, I became a vice president of marketing for an internet startup focused on online education. And it was a big deal for me. I was, I was reporting to the CEO. I helped rewrite our business plan. I helped raise our Series B funding. And it, it was just, it was really fun and rewarding. And I was completely in over my head and the CEO still believed in me. <laughs> so that was kind of, that was really, it was, an, it was a life-changing moment for me because I went from like loving marketing and, and being good at aspects of it to really understanding how it all comes together. It's always terrifying and thrilling, right? When, you, when you're put into this place where you're like, oh my goodness, yeah. I feel out of my league and yet I feel ready. Somebody believes in you and takes a chance on you and it just gives you that opportunity to rise to the occasion. I think there's always nothing more thrilling than that. I felt that way when I first became an entrepreneur. Like I, I stepped in and I was like, I have zero idea what I'm doing, but you know, I'll figure it out. And it, there's, it's just, it's a very exciting thing to have somebody believe in you and feel like you can just, you can do anything. And and that, that's so essential. I try and give that back all the time. Uh, I do too. I mean, I, I think it really is about, you know, honestly helping others. I believe in do unto others. And I believe in that saying, and I think yes. it's, it's right on. And there's so many people who have taken chances on me throughout my career. I just, I hope I can give it back in spades. You bet. Same for me too. It's just, nothing feels better. So when you first joined Pandora, I know, and you talked about this a little bit too, that you hadn't really been in the performance marketing space, even though you were performance marketers, you weren't using performance marketing for you. I know you were very technology and product focused. Now you really describe yourselves as being fully listener focused. And you you talk a lot about this personalized one-on-one approach to marketing. Tell me yeah. how you execute 
one-to-one in marketing and how you really can demonstrate that sort of personalization at the scale that Pandora has. Talk to me about that. I, you know, I feel so blessed to be at Pandora because Pandora is truly uniquely positioned with our advances in artificial intelligence around having data-driven personalization within the app experience itself. Like if, if you're a Pandora listener, you will listen to music that you've said you liked yes. through some, yes. but also music that we've mapped either scientifically through AI or honestly through humans yes. to similar songs and artists. And you're your experience is going to be 110% different than my experience, even if we like the same artist. And that, I think, is so unique to Pandora. And the marketing side, while we've been leveraging it for advertisers for years, well, you know, a decade, yes. we had not been leveraging that knowledge of our listeners to recruit new listeners that are lookalike listeners, if you will, yes. as well as recapture listeners that once, you know, at one point in their life listened on Pandora. And so today, what we do is we take then our known demographic information about our listeners, as well as the, the behavioral information from thumbs, from skips, from late replays. Pandora has well over a billion unique thumbs already. Thumbprint radio. We have a radio that's personalized to each person. We have a billion of those. Wow. Which is really incredible. And it's personalized to each person based on what they love. So we take all of that information and we scale it, especially within email and push marketing mm. um, and actually within paid marketing as well, where we can target and retarget based on who we know you are. And we'll send you the songs you love, the artists you love, the ones you are likely to respond to. And we do this for you know well over 100, 100 million people in a given time at a given email level, literally. And so we're talking billions of different touch points across a month all personalized. And so that ability to scale is driven by our ability to know who you are based on our algorithms of music, of how the actual experience happens. And you also, correct me if I'm wrong, this is what I recall as a Pandora user, like I can actually adjust the algorithm, right? Can I adjust myself, like even help adjust that as I'm as I'm listening and help create the experience that's perfect for me? Absolutely. So we know if you thumb up or thumb down, yes. music over time will adjust as you go. Yes. Like literally, it will change the next song you listen to based on what you just thumbed yes. up or based on what you skipped yeah. or what you replayed. I mean, the replay is obvious, but it does lead to other similar songs in the queue. And then we have the, my favorite piece of functionality with our premium on-demand service is add similar songs. So if you've created a playlist and you hit the add similar songs button, you get four songs that you're likely to love. Wow. And our hit ratio, based on myself, <laughs> you know, sample size of one is like 98%. It is a phenomenal piece of functionality that we have. That is awesome. Now, I have a question about this as a marketer because I think this is the coolest thing. So you unveiled your first, quote, Sonic logo as part of the Sound yes. On campaign. Okay, talk to me about the Sonic logo. And talk to me about the future of sonic branding. So we are starting to live in an audio first world where just as important as visual and textual brand communications are audio communications. And much of it is subconscious at this point because brands have not really developed their identity through audio yet. Hence the need for sonic identity. As you know, there's a rise of connected devices. Pandora, yes. we're actually on over 2,000 different types of connected devices, yes. from Roku to Sonos to refrigerators, Samsung yep. refrigerators. And so many consumers, many listeners 
are interacting with not just Pandora, but with all types of brands initially from an audio perspective, not from a visual perspective. And so it's really critical, we think, to meet consumers where they are. And as this advent of connected devices happens and of audio first happens, brands have to be able to be recognized, right? That's the power of the brand. You don't, you want to be recognized. You want to be able to immediately stress your value proposition to the consumers. And so that hence the importance of a sonic identity. So we just launched ours, created by our in-house creative team. Lauren Nagel runs that team and she's amazing. And we basically, I, I would sing it to you, but I'm not going to embarrass myself, but <laughs> we'll have to get y'all a copy to add to this podcast. We have to add it to amazing. the podcast for sure. Literally within a 1.5 seconds, you should be able to recognize that it's Pandora. And so as we go out into the world as our brand, we want to be known as Pandora first, which is why we will lead with our sonic identity. And then it will inevitably be the future of all branding as we have this advent of audio first. And so we're really excited about this. We started to create sonic identities for some of our advertisers on Pandora, and we think it's a real game changer for those brands. I think it's a game changer, too. I, I When I read about it, I was so excited because I was thinking about, you know, how effective when in the more like terrestrial radio and, and typical advertising space, how effective certain good jingles were. And then I started thinking about the shortened attention span and over-concentrated media and content environment. And then, you know, when I, I thought about the sonic branding and the trend going towards voice, it's just, I not only do I totally get it, and of course it makes sense for Pandora, but it really makes sense for all brands. It's, it, it's fascinating and forward-thinking. I'm so excited you guys are helping lead the charge with that. But we're really excited as well. I mean, it, it, it will do so much. I mean, if you think about, like, just how AOL grew initially was the, their sonic identity. They had one even though they didn't even know it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the jingles have always been popular, but now they're critical. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you guys are really ahead of the curve. I know you've formed some strategic partnerships with companies like Snapchat and Sonos and Google Home and all of new methods for all of your content distribution. What should brands we be? Have. It's yeah. awesome. What yeah. tell me what brands should be thinking about when it comes to interactive voice ads? Where do you see the trend going? So the possibilities for voice ads are pretty significant in terms of Brands could offer rewards based on consumer behavior with the voice ad. There can be more conversational ads versus educational ads. We'll probably start, brands will probably start a little more simply with intent-based responses that then drive different, you know, honestly, different messages within the ad, yes. whether it's kind of where you could buy it or what type of thing you should buy, et cetera. But we really think that consumers are going to become more and more comfortable using voice to control their experiences. We're seeing it with on mobile already and smart home devices in a, in a really significant way. So that's why we think it's so important that the advertising becomes really attuned to what the consumer really wants and is interested in. I love that. And I, lo I love how you are working with your advertisers to create that kind of sonic logo program as well, because it shows that you're really thinking about what the advertiser needs to do to succeed in this kind of world. Absolutely. I mean, this is, I mean, for us, it is, it is a huge win when our advertisers can truly connect to the listeners, not just for them. I mean, it's great because they will drive their business, but it's a much better consumer experience, listener experience, when you actually get served ads that enhance your experience versus detract from it. Wonderful. Okay, May, I'm heading on over to the lightning round where I'm going to ask you three questions from my list, my handy dandy list, it. and you're going to go with whatever comes into your head. Are you ready? 
Okay, I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Of course, you're at Pandora, so I have to ask you what's your favorite song to dance to? Okay, Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift. So good. It's been waiting for you. Okay, tell me, what woman do you admire <laughs> most in the whole wide world? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh. I just finished her book, and I I love her. I want to be her. <laughs> I know. Isn't she amazing? It's just, I just, everything about her, regard, it doesn't even matter what your politics are. Like, if you just listen to how she changed, like, when I watched the documentary, how she changed the law as a lawyer through these little steps by working on rights for men and then having to include them for women. It was just so brilliant. Like, everything that she did. I'm a huge fan. She is so admirable because what you're saying is absolutely correct. You don't change the world by one huge shift at a time. Right. You change it incrementally because you're bringing along influencers with you. And that's what's so important. It's not just about making a rash change. It's about convincing people along the way yes. so that the changes will stay. She's Ex brilliant at that. Exactly. Okay, and Amy, last question. You are somebody who I see as super successful. How do you define success? Thank you. I honestly define my success by how successful my team is. If I've built a really high-performing, and I would say joyful team, one who's having a good time while they're working hard, then I'm as successful as I'll ever be. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you, Carrie. This is a real pleasure. It was wonderful to be on your show. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh, 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 uh,